We are at the end of Perik Vav in Sefer Yoshua. We have just learned about the conquest of Yericho. The, they, they, they marched around Yericho, they blew the shofaros, they cried out, and Hashem made a spectacular nace. The walls of the city sank into the ground, and they were able to invade the city. They killed everyone except Rachav and her family. They made a cherem, they, they destroyed and burned the city. They, they burned the city, then everything in the city, the contents of the city, this is all a special cherem. Generally, when they conquered enemy territory, they seized the property for themselves. Yericho was an exception, they destroyed the whole city, except for the silver, the gold, the kesef, the the copper, the copper utensils, the barzel, the iron ones that don't burn, those they, they placed, Osar Beis Hashem, they placed in a special treasury, a special treasure house of Hashem, everything else they destroyed. That was the great, that, that we, we discussed various reasons why Yericho was treated in this special way, but that's what they did, and they spared Rachel and her family. The last two psukim in Perik Vav, psukim Chavav and Chavzayin, it says, Yehoshua adjured them, he made them swear, he made a shvua that was binding upon them, it's referred to as a cherem, sometimes, at that time, Yeshua placed a solemn oath upon the Jewish people. He said, ha'ish. The, In the Talmud, we say, Arur, curse, is a, is a form of Shua, it's a form of oath. Arur, Shua, Cherem all have overlapping meanings. The, the, that, the curse was both a, a prohibition, a commandment not to, not to do the following, as well as uh, a threat of dire consequences if they do. The curse was, Arur ha'ish Hashem, cursed be the man before God. Asher Yakumu Bana who will get up and rebuild the city, as Yericho, the city of Yericho, Bibcharo Yasidano, Uvitiro Yativ That when he begins, when he's Yasidena, when he lays the foundations, his oldest son will die. Uvitiro, by the time he gets to the end, by putting up the gates, Bibitiro, his last son will die, and all the sons in between. He will, uh, the terrible curse, he, he, will, he will be cursed by the, the horrific, the loss of all his children if he dares to violate this solemn uh, curse, the solemn oath, anathema, and rebuild Yericho. That was the curse Yoshua made. And then, Pasuk Havzayin, Vayhi Hashem es Yoshua, Hashem was with Yoshua, Vayhi Shamo B'chal Haaretz, and his reputation, his, 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 his fame spread throughout the land. Good question. Did, did this apply to non-Jews as well? Maybe we'll touch on that question a little bit later. Right, so the, the, the right, right, right. The, the, the difference in, in grammatical form between Vayishba and Vayashba, Vayishba would mean a simple, simple verb form, he swore, past tense. Vayashba means he caused others to swear, he imposed the shvu on others, and that's what happened here. He didn't just swear, I personally am not going to build it, he made the Jewish nation as a whole swear that they would not rebuild Yericho. Lewis is asking if it applies to non-Jews, and we'll discuss that in the, in the broader context of the fact that Yericho was actually rebuilt. It's, it's, it exists today. The, it existed in the times of Tanakh and the times of Chazal. So we'll, 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 we'll get into this a little bit soon. The city doesn't exist in the same location that the archaeologists claim that it existed. Okay, so that's, that's, that's one question, whether contemporary Yericho exists on the same location as biblical Yericho, and... Generally, we can ask the same question about the Yericho in later biblical periods. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss soon that, that there were times in biblical history and later Jewish history 
that mention is made of, of, of a city of Yericho, an, an actual uh, existing city of Yericho, that, that, that will be another question we'll have to discuss, whether we'll have to acknowledge whether that was on the same site as biblical Yericho or not. And, and that's actually the, a crucial question that we'll turn to now. Chazal say, Chazal say, there were actually two aspects to the curse. One aspect of the curse was you're not allowed to rebuild the actual city of Yericho, where it was, you can't rebuild that city. There was another aspect of the curse, you can't rebuild any city anywhere and call it Yericho. Even if it's on a new site, that was also an aspect of the curse. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, and Kufyur Gimel, the very last daf in Sanhedrin, it says that Tanya, lo Yericho al Shem Eracheres, Below Yerachares al Shem Yericho. You can't rebuild Yericho itself, even if you call it some other name, and you can't re- and you can't build Yerachares, any other city, and call it Yericho. The the this, this issue of rebuilding Yericho is the subject of a famous episode later in Tanakh and Sefer Malachim. In Sefer Malachim, it says in, in Malachim Aleph, in the end of Perak in the last two Pesukim of Perak Tazayin, it, it's discussing the reign of the wicked king Achav. Achav is one of the most uh, most 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 discussed figures in Sefer Malachim. He was one of the kings of Malchai Yisrael. He he inherited the you know, the, the, the Malchai Yisrael would generally Rishayim, and Achav was one of the most famous Rishayim of the Malchai Yisrael. It says Vayas Achav Hashera. Achav made Asherah trees. Actually, go back a few psukim. It says uh, it says Achav became king, and it says Vayas Achav ben Amri harab ene Hashem mikol shelafanav. Achav did evil in the eyes of Hashem more than all those who preceded him. Vayi hanokel lechto bechatas yiravam, and but that that it was uh, that it was uh, it, it was easy for him to do the the things that Yeravim did, the Avodah the the Egel, the calves that that Yeravim and Nevat directed. He married a, a wicked woman, Izevel, the daughter of Esbal, the king of Tidonim, a foreign woman, a non-Jewish woman. And he, he went and he worshipped Baal. He bowed down to the Baal. He, he, he erected an altar for the Baal. In, in Shomron, the capital of Israel, the, of, the, of the ten tribes, he erected an altar to the Baal. And he made that Asherah as well. And again, the Navi reiterates, by Yosef Achav Lasus Lahakis Hashem Eloke Yisrael, Achav increased and did things to anger Hashem Eloke Yisrael. Mikal Malchay Yisrael Shari Lefanov, he was worse than all the kings who preceded him. And Achav was a terrible, terrible Russian. Achav is listed, I think, as one of the kings who have no Chalik Nolam Habak. And he was a terrible Russia. For Yamav, in his day, and this is the, this is the key Pasuk that's the relevant to us, for Yamav, in the time of Achav, Banachiel Beisaeli Es Yericho. A man named Chiel, from Beis Eli, from the family of Eli, he, re- he built Yericho. After all these years, hundreds of years later, after Yeshua, this was many centuries later, he went and built, built Yericho. No one had dared to do that until then, the Mepharshim explained. The, the curse of Yeshua was, was something they took very seriously. In his day, Achav was such a wicked king that one of his subjects apparently built Yericho. And sure enough, Baviram Bechoro Yisida. With Aviram, his oldest son, he died when he laid the foundation. And sure enough, with his youngest son, Siguv, he, he erected it, he set up its doors, exactly as Yoshua had said, exactly as Yoshua had said. We've been discussing in the story of Yericho whether everything Yoshua said was 
Al-Pi Hashem or not, whether Yeshua was making things on his own, this Pasuk indicates that what Yeshua had said was Mipi Hashem, that, 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 the curse of the, that the curse of the anyone who rebuilds Yericha was Al-Pi Hashem. But sure enough, sure enough, in the time of Achav, someone did indeed try, well, he did, he rebuilt Yericha, and sure enough, exactly the same took him, and sure enough, exactly as Hashem spoke to Yeshua, he rebuilt Yericho, and he suffered the dire fate of, the, of Yeshua. From maps that I've seen, was not the king of that area. Right, exactly. So Lewis is asking, of a, of, is asking an acute question, an astute question, and this question is dealt with by Chazal. The, we know that in the time of Achav, the, 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 the kingdom of Israel had been split years earlier in the time of uh, Shlomo Melech's son, Rechavah, it was split into two kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel, of, of Yisrael, of the ten tribes, Ephraim, and, 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 and that was one dynasty, it started, it was multiple dynasties, it started from Yeravim and his heirs, and then it went to other kings, that was the, that was the, king, the kingdom of Israel capital of Shomron. Then there was the Malchus Yehuda, which was the Davidic lineage. It went from Shlomo to Rechavam to all the great kings of Chizkiah, Asa, Yehoshaphat, Tzidkiah, the, the, the great kings of, of Yehuda. Some were Rishon also, but some were Tzadikim. And for hundreds of years, for almost the entire period of Vayas Rishon, there were, two, there were the two kingdoms in Israel. The, the Nevi'im talked about it. They, they, they prophesied that in the, in, in the time of Mashiach they'll be reunited. But throughout, the, throughout almost the entire period of Vayas Rishon, there were two separate kingdoms, and Yerushalayim, the Yehuda, was 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 Malchus was Melech Yehuda, Malchus Yehuda, and Yehuda Binyamin, and the, the rest of the rest of Eretz Israel was under Achav. Yericho, near Yerushalayim, Yericho is in the is in the territory of Yehuda, not Melech Yisrael. So why? So this sounds like we're describing the the riches of Achav. As a matter of fact, the the, the Mefarshim say that the the that that. The, that the, the, the so the, the, the so they bring the Talmud Yushalmi. Rashi brings, Rashi brings that the Rashi brings Amur Rabbeinu, Chiel Mishal Binyamin, Yericho Mishal Yoshafa. Chiel himself was from Binyamin, so he was the subject of Yehuda, not of Achav. And as Lewis said, Yericho Mishal Yericho Mishal Yoshafa. Yericho was uh, territory belonging to Yoshafa, to Malchus Yehuda. So what was Chiel doing? Uh, how could Yoshafa was a great tzaddik? Uh, Achav was a great Rashi. Yoshafa was a great tzaddik, one of the great tzaddikim of Malchus Yehuda. How could uh, so there, there are two questions? How could Yoshafa have tolerated this? How could uh, if he did somehow? Why do we relate this to Achav? What 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 what, what, is, what does it have to what does it have to do with Achav? How could uh, you know, why is Achav being blamed except for for an act that that occurred in the territory of in the in in, in the territory of Yehuda? So, Radak asked the question also, Tmiyahu, Yericho Lamelech Yehuda Haya, Meshev Binyamin Haya. Yericho was part of the territory of Binyamin, which was under the, the, which was under the control of Melech Yehuda. Ech Nasen Yehoshaphat, Rishul Sifnosa. How could he have, uh, how could he have, how could he have allowed this? So, so Rashi and the Radak bring a Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi said that, Pnematlo Ba'achav. Why do, we, why do we connect the story of Yericho with Achav, who was Melech Yisrael, not in charge of Yericho? We relate bad things, Averus, we relate it to Rishayim, like Achav. The language of the Radak is, we, we, we connect good things to Tzadikim, good things happen to Tzadikim, bad things happen to Rishayim. 
I don't see how that directly answers the question of why Yoshefer allowed it. If it was really such an avera, why would Yoshefer allow it? I'm not, I'm not sure what the terrors of the. I mean, understand why the Torah mentions it in connection with Achav because Achav was a Russia. Maybe he influenced people to do bad. Hard to know, but the. But the but, but anyway yes that, 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 that is a good question but the it was really but 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 it was really uh, it was really a, a part of the territory of Yehuda but and, and somehow it was being connected to Achav because Achav was a great Russia and this was considered a heinous act now in terms of what the connection to Achav was if it wasn't actually Achav's territory so. The Gemara has a, uh, a famous explanation of this, which I always found very, very powerful, very, very compelling. The Gemara has a story as follows. The Gemara we read earlier, the Gemara says, 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 the we read the Bryson before, you can't rebuild Yericho even if you name it something else. You can't name another city El Shem Yericho. Where do we see that even another city you can't build El Shem Yericho? We see that from the story in, in Sefer Malachim of Chiel. The Gemara understands that Chiel violated the second prohibition of building a new city and calling it Yericho. Rashi says he doesn't know where the Gemara got that from exactly. Rashi says Lois Parish Haminolan, that the that's not clear where this idea comes from, that you can't even name another city, uh, Al-Shem Yericho. The, the Pasuk just says, don't rebuild Yericho. Some of the Mepharshim say that, the, some of the Mepharshim discuss our Pasuk, they say, it says, don't build Ha'ir Hazos, Es Yericho. Don't build this city, Yericho. We know that, we know the city was Yericho. We had all Perak talking about Yericho, so the words seem redundant. So the Radak says, what is Ir Hazos, Es Yericho? So to have his beer, it's just uh, a kind of wordy, slightly redundant way of explaining it. The Chazal say that there are actually two things going on here. You can't build that city and call it anything, even something else, and you can't build Irachares and call it Yericho. So the words Es Yericho, Ir Hazos, Es Yericho apparently are referring to two different things. Don't, don't build Ir Hazos, this city that was previously called Yericho, don't rebuild it no matter what you call it. And also Es Yericho, don't build any other city that you're going to call Yericho. That's how Chazal understood that there are two separate prohibitions here. And it says, and Chiel apparently violated the second one. Chiel did not build Yericho. Chiel built a different city and called it Yericho. And the Gemara Gemara goes on. The Gemara explains. The Gemara explains. Tanya ba'aviram b'choro rasha lo'ayel alumod b'skuvti ro'ayel alumod. You think this Russia would have learned his lesson? His oldest son died, but certainly, maybe he, maybe he thought he wrote that off as a coincidence. But certainly, by the time he lost all his kids, he should have learned, should have learned his lesson. And the Gemara explains. Um, the Gemara explains that when it says Abiram Bacharos Segov Tiro, that's redundant. Abiram is the Bachar, obviously, says Segov is younger. It means he didn't just lose those two; he lost every single one from his oldest all the way down to Segov. And the Gemara goes on. Then the Gemara brings this this this, this, this incredible, this very powerful uh, continuation of the story. It says, if you read the Pesukim in Malachim, so after it says that Achav was a terrible, terrible Russia, he did all this about Zara, and then in his day, uh, Chiel built Yericho. That's the end of Perak Tzayin, and then Perak Yudzayin begins one of the most famous stories in Tanakh. It says, "Byomer Elio Atishbi, Elio Atishbi, Elio Anavi makes his appearance on the scene." Mitosh Vegila, Del Achav, Elio appears and he tells Achav, 
in a, in a rage and a fury. He tells Achav, "Chay Hashem Elokei Yisrael." I swear by the life of, uh, by, I swear by the, the living God, the God of Israel. I have stood before him. There shall be no rain. I'm turning off the rain. There shall be no rain these years unless I say so. And uh, Elio ran for his life. We, we, we read this in the Haftarah that uh, when Elio finally reappears three years later, Tovadia, uh, Achav's lieutenant, he tells him, My master has been looking for you all over. He considers you the, the bane of Israel. That uh, he, he, he sent every he sent extradition request to every kingdom. If you turn up, he wants you uh, he wants you hauled in in front of him for doing this terrible thing. And a fascinating theological question, of course. If Achav was such a Russia and, and, and worshipped idols, did he really believe Elio and Navi of God have the power to curse him like this? Apparently, he did. Apparently, they believed in God and Baal. But uh, Achav was furious with Elio. And finally, when Elio appears, he calls. He, they have a famous showdown. He, he, he tells Elio, Ocher Yisrael, is this you, the one who has uh, muddied, who has ruined Israel? He, and Elio shoots back, I'm not the Ocher Yisrael, you're the Ocher Yisrael with all your Avodah with all your terrible sins. And then they have that, uh, they have that incredibly dramatic showdown at Harakarmel, where Elio goes together with the Nevei Habal, and they each choose an axe, and they each say, let's see whose God will answer. So the Nevei Habal offer their axe and nothing happens and Elio brings his axe and they pour the water all over it and they and then Elio davens to Hashem and Hashem Aneni and make a Kiddush Hashem and fire comes down and all the people bow down and they say Hashem Hu they all say Hashem Hu Elokim Hashem Hu Elokim that's the that, that, that's the great story of the Elio at, at Mount Carmel but the Haftarah stops over there, I think. The, the one of the Haftarahs, it, it, the, ne- the next Pasuk is about how they massacred uh, hundreds of Nebi Habal and the Asherah, now that they were siding with Hashem. But anyway, the, the story has a pretty bloody uh, continuation. And then Ezevel sends Elio a message that you're a dead man, uh, tomorrow I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to catch you and do to you what you just did to all of my... She was the patroness of all the Nebi Habal and the Asherah, so she said, I'm going to kill you. Elio has to run for his life, and he has the vision of the cave and so on. So this is this is one of the most uh, you know fascinating and powerful stories in Sefer Malachim, in Tanakh in general. And according to the Midrash, according to the Gemara in Sanhedrin here, there was a connection to the story of Chiel. So the Perak Tezayin ends with the story of Chiel building Yericho, and Perak Yudzayin begins with Elio appearing and telling Achav, "I'm turning off the rain. No more rain because you're such a terrible, terrible Russia." So the Gemara explains that the connection is as follows. It says, after all of Chiel's children died. It says, Achav Shushbine Hava. Achav was a close friend of Chiel. Chiel might have been a subject of Melch Yudah, but Achav and Chiel were friends. Also, Ihu Velio, the Mishal Bishlama Beitamia. Elio and Achav, a very odd pair, Elio and Achav together went, uh, went together to Menachem Avo. Rashi brings Beitamia, different Shatim, but. Uh, Rashi says Yeshomer that Beitamia means to eat at the base oval. They used to have a little food. Anyway, they went to Menachem Avil according to Rashi. Chiel was such a terrible Russia, and why Elio was going to Menachem Avil, I'm not sure. But anyway, in, in those days things were interesting. Elio and Achav, two of the most uh, two of the most antagonistic people you can imagine. Somehow, at the same time, they went together. Achav was looking to kill Elio. But that happened later. That, that, that happened later. The, the, this, is, this, this is the prelude to that story. The, 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 We'll, get, we'll see how the story unfolds in a moment. At this point, yet, apparently they were still getting along. So, so Elio and Achav went to Menachem Avel. Uh, he lost all his kids, his last kid, he just lost. So, Yasiv Amar, Dilma ki melet Yoshua hachi lad, hachi lad, lo yirichu al shem erecheres, lo erecheres from yirichu. 
Maybe this is the curse. He finally was starting to learn his lesson. Maybe this was the curse of Yeshua. Not only can't I rebuild Yericho, I shouldn't have rebuilt another city and called it Yericho. He, he honestly didn't know. I mean, he, he, he honestly did, maybe he wasn't such a rush. He honestly didn't realize that's what was happening to all his kids. Finally, he was starting to accept that, that he was suffering from the curse of Yeshua. So Amr Elio in. Elio said, you're right. That is what happened to you. Elio cursed what, uh, that Yeshua cursed what you did as well. He cursed those who rebuilt you, any city and call it Yericho. And that's why all your sons are dead. Achav, Achav, maybe Achav asked the question, I'm not sure. But anyway, Achav was not impressed. Achav said, You're telling me Yeshua's curse is so potent, is so powerful? That's ridiculous, he said. Moshe, Moshe was Yeshua's Rebbe, Yeshua's master. Moshe's curses were not fulfilled. Why? We say in Kriyashma, the second part of Kriyashma, we say, that, that there'll be drought and famine if, if, if we worship idols, things are going to be terrible. Bahu Gavra, Achav said, me, look at me, he said, uh, look what I do, he says. I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, a, I'm an incredible over there, Vodazar. I'll cult a. Ukimle, I'll cult tell him, tell him, Loshavik Lemitra. Loshavik Lemitra, Lemazel, Miskinle, Lavatu, the Yeshua, Tomid, and Mekaima. That, 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 that you're telling me that the that the every every farrow in the field is of a desire all over the place it's ubiquitous of a desire all over the place and yet the and yet the the rain of Shavik Mitra Mazel Miskad Shayalikholik the God on Mirov and Shaman Babam Laolam Shamanik Lel and Sound of the Gavmi Tok Rakwal and we can't even worship the Vodazar because the there's so much rain, the, the rain causes so much mud and so much obstruction of the roads. We, we can't even worship Lev Odazar. We, 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 we're doing so well with, in terms of rain. Rain was life, of course, back then. Today, for us, as urban, urban people, rain, today, urban people, rain is, uh, rain is an annoyance. Back then, you know, rain meant life. Rain meant the crops grow, and you live, and you survive, and you have money, and you have food. He says, we, I, I do so much of Odazara that I, uh, I have so much of Odazara. I put up Odazara in every field, and we can't even worship Lev Odazara because there's so much rain. Are you telling me that... Uh, Moshe's curse is so, is so clearly ineffective. I'm supposed to believe that Yeshua's curse is, uh, for building Yericho is so effective. So Elio said, oh yeah, that's what you think. The next Pesach begins. Elio said, I swear, I swear by HaKadosh Baruch Talamater. And, uh, and he prayed to Hashem. Hashem gave him the key to rain and he turned off the rain. No more rain. And for several years, three years, there was no rain. So according to the Chazal, this is the connection between the story of Chiel and the story of, and the next story of the rain and the drought. It, it was Eliyahu was, uh, Eliyahu was famous as a Kanoi. Eliyahu was the great zealot, the great zealot, the great was the one who uh, was outraged on behalf of the Kvot Shemayim, of the Chil Hashem, of the, of the, of the Avodah back then. He said, "You're mocking the curse of Hashem. You're, you're mocking the, you're mocking the curses of, of Moshe and Yeshua. I'll show you the curses will come true." And, and, he, and sure enough, he turned off the rain, and there was no rain, and it was a terrible, terrible drought and famine in the land of Israel. So, according to Chazal, the connection between the story of Chil and Yericho and the Elio is that the story of Elio happened as a consequence of the story of the story of Chiel that the because because Chiel flouted the curse and Achav mocked the curse and Achav said and Achav said this is, this is nothing I don't take this seriously because of that Elio said I'm going to have to demonstrate to you that you cannot do this that you cannot uh, ignore and mock the, the commandments of Hashem and his Nevi'im with impunity and therefore he turned off the rain some 
some of Farshim explain the connection almost in the opposite direction. Some, some of Farshim explain that the, that, the, that, that the reason Chiel had the temerity to do what he did is because of Acha. That for hundreds of years, even though the Jews often worshipped idols, they still had enough respect for Akash Baruch Hu and for his Nevi'im to, to violate such a, uh, such a solemn curse they wouldn't do. When they saw Achav, who did, who was so egregious, and his Avodah who did so many, so many terrible things, they said, "Okay, I guess you know we can do what we want. I guess if we can, if we can, if we can, if, if Achav can be as bad as he can be, this is really the same argument Achav made in reverse. Achav said, I 'I can't believe it's the curse. Uh, Moshe's curse never came true.'" And according to the, this is the album they bring, according to the album, that was why Achiel did what he did in the first place. He says, I, I don't believe that this curse is real. Look what Achav gets away with doing, and, and, and there are no consequences. So I can build, I can build a city and call it Yericho also. I can rebuild Yericho. What do, I have to, what do I have to lose? And that's why he did it, and that's why we have this whole thing with, uh, that's why we have this whole story with, uh, with, with, with Yericho, or with the drought, that the, that, the, 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 the Ralbag says that, that, that we're trying, the, the, the Navi's trying to emphasize what a Russia Achav was. Achav saw this whole thing. He saw what happened to Chiel. He should have, he should have realized that, uh, that, that you have to listen to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Achav was so entrenched in his ways, maybe because of the argument he made, uh, I'm not being punished for my Avodah even if Chiel is. Achav did not learn Musr, despite what happened to Chiel, and uh, despite what happened to Chiel, he did not learn Musr, and he kept on, uh, he persisted in his, he persisted in his ways of, he persisted in his ways of Avodah Zarah. I don't know, I, I don't think we know much about him. The One other point that the Midrashim say is that it refers to him as Chiel Beis Ha'eli, which Kipshuto, Beis Ha'eli, means he came from the, the city of Basel. Rashi says, Chiel Hashemi Basel, Kamo Yishai Beis Halachmi. In Hebrew, you say, uh, Beis Halachmi means you come from Beis Lachem. So Beis Ha'eli means he came from Beis Ha'eli. Right, which is also around Yehuda, around, around Yericho. Yeah, okay. Must have been someone fairly well to do and important to be able to muster the funds to rebuild the city. Yeah, if, if, if he was apparently a construction magnate or a city developer, then uh, or, then, then or he might have been a powerful and he might have been a local local baron or the local the local duke or something. Right. So, so Lewis is pointing out that the, the original question he raised earlier: How could he how could he do this if he was in Yoshafat? How if he was in territory of Yehuda, which was not Achav's territory? How could he get away with behaving like this? So maybe in a, in a feudal system, maybe the local rulers have some power on their own, and the kings can't always force the local rulers to do. Especially if he was connected to Achav, and he might have had support. Even if, even though Achav was a separate kingdom, he might have had support from a powerful king nearby. Which might have made it hard for Yoshefa to oppose him. Possible, yeah. So the question is, if this was a new city, according to Chazal, that was not exactly the same as the old one, do we know exactly where it was? I don't know. It's a good question, and I don't know. I mean, if, if it's a new city, right? If, if it's a new city, right? The, that's a good point. All the, all the Mefarshim, the Yushalmi, the Mefarshim, are all assuming that Yericho was in the territory of Yehuda. Seem to be assuming that it was either that it was the old Jericho, not like Chazal, or that it was very close to the old Jericho, but that's not true. According to Chazal, it was a new city. You could learn, also, Rashi says he doesn't know where Chazal got this from, that it was a new city, and uh, maybe that's the answer. Maybe maybe the answer was that Chazal were trying to answer the question of the Yerushalmi, and they were saying that Yoshefa know, would never tolerate this. Maybe the Bavli means to say, this was not the old Jericho, this was a new Jericho, which was Nachav's territory. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the trap. That's an interesting idea. I didn't see that, but that's certainly a possibility. Part of the, 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 
I'm not actually I'm not absolutely certain about the, about my my, my 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 geography is a little weak over there, so I'm not absolutely certain. I'm not sure. The language of the pasuk is Bana es Yericho. He built Yericho, so, it, so it, 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 it's not clear whether I rebuilt or built. Right, good point. Uh, there's another interpretation of Beis Eli, though. Kipshuto Beis Eli means from Beis Rashi brings another pshat, though, that Eli from the Sharish of Allah. Allah means Shvua or Oath. It's another one of the many synonyms in the Torah for Oath. Shama Kol Allah and Parshas Vayikra. So Allah means Oath, and that's why he's called Beis Eli. It's, it's a reference to the fact that he. Uh, it's a reference to the fact that he uh, that, that he violated the oath and uh, that that he uh, flouted the oath as. Uh, as, as, as we explained. Now, we're talking about Elio and his reaction to this. So I always have to mention the, what I find fascinating is that Elio is a singular figure in Tanakh and, and, and in Torah and or in general. Elio is one of the most famous of all the Nevi'im. We, we, we refer to him as Malach Habris. He's connected with the Gula, that he's the harbinger of the, he'll be the harbinger of the Gula. Uh, people have Gilu Elio, communications from Elio that uh, the Gemara talks about. Elio is a very central figure in Armasara. Partly that's because Elio never died. It says he was he went up to he ascended to heaven in a chariot of fire. Famously, it says in Sefer Malachim that was the end of his life on earth. Um, but the, so Elio is a very central figure and, and one of the one of our most venerated uh, figures. And yet, and yet there. There is a strain of criticism of Elio that he was a little too extreme. There are those who say that much of Elio's career is defined by his by his zealousness, by his uh, by his his outrage at the at the villainy of the people, at the sinfulness of the people. Much of much of his career is marked by by a kind of uh, by outrage and intolerance of the, of sin, which in general is a good thing. You're not supposed to tolerate sin. But there is, there is a strain of thought in, in, in Aramisera that Elio was a little bit too extreme. The, the Rambam, the Rambam in his, in his Shmona Prakim, in his Akhtama Tepirkei the Rambam writes that even Nevi'im weren't always perfect. They, they, had, they, were, they were great, great men. They were, they, were, they were tremendously great men. But even Nevi'im, he says, there, there's no condition that a Navi has to be absolutely perfect. They had these the small failings. And uh, they had failings, and he lists examples of a few Nevi'im in Tanakh who, in his, in his interpretation, had certain shortcomings. When it comes to Eliyahu, he says that, he says Eliyahu was extremely zealous. He killed many people, the drought, but other things, he killed people. His, his reaction to, to hate was quite, quite draconian sometimes, and he killed various people. And, and the Rambam says, and that's why Hashem took him away, that uh, he had this untimely, unusual removal from the earth, he ascended in a chariot of fire to heaven, because, he says, people who are, a leader has to have, has to have a certain amount of tolerance as well. A leader has to know that people are not perfect, people do wrong, and they have to be reprimanded and punished sometimes. People also, a leader also needs, a, uh, needs some tolerance. A leader has to know that, that, that he has to be able to forbear and tolerate human failing. Elio didn't have that, and that's why Hashem had to remove him because he was simply unfit for leadership. There's a uh, there's a very funny uh, addition to this. I like to say the they tell the story about the Briskarov. The Briskarov in Yerushalayim was uh, was famous, uh, famously strict and uh, and you know, hardline in many of his positions. He he had a very strong commitment to truth uh, and to uh, 
and to fear of God, and he didn't tolerate uh, half measures and compromises and so on. So they tell the story that Briskarov was once at some type of event, and another speaker, another rabbi, got up and said, Pinchas, biblical Pinchas. So we know Pinchas was a great hero. He stopped the plague by killing Zimri ben Salu and killing the Kazi Bastur in the end of Parashas Balak. Beginning of Parashas Pinchas, Pinchas is commended that Heshevas Kenasim Albanay Israel, Heshevas Hamasim Albanay Israel, he managed to, to stem my anger. I didn't destroy, and I didn't destroy Israel because of Lachain. Hitting Nosnalos Brisi Shalom, I give him a covenant of peace and he'll get the Kahuna. Tachas Asherkine Lelokov, because of his zealousness, Vayachapra Albanay Israel. Pinchas seems to be lauded as a great, a great hero who saved Kla Israel. But this rabbi, in the time of the Briskarov, got up 75 years ago or so and said, Pinchas did not merit to be a leader of Klal Yisrael. The mantle of leadership passed from Moshe Rabbeinu to Yeshua, and then other people, and, and it was never Pinchas. Uh, even though he was such a great and important figure, Pinchas did not get to be the leader. He says, you know, Chazal say, or the Messiah teaches us, he, did, he didn't get to be the leader because he was, he was, he was a Kanai, he was, he was zealous, he, he was just, uh, he was too strict and too exacting, and he couldn't be the leader. The Briskarov did not like this idea because to the Briskarov, that's exactly what you should do, and that's what the Sukkim prays. The pretty says, Where do Chazal say this? There's no such Chazal. There's no such, this idea is not legitimate, the Briskarov basically said. And sure enough, the story says this other rabbi got home and he checked his sources, and sure enough, it was not something Chazal said. He found it in the Sefer of Eza Achron, he found it in some Achron work, but the Briskarov was correct. This idea is not found in Chazal. Now, it's true that the, that the idea is not found in Chazal. But it, or maybe not, but it is found in the Rambam, as we just said. The Rambam actually says Eliyahu had a failing that he was too, too strict. And famously, Chazal said, Pinchas Eliyahu. Chazal actually identified Pinchas with Eliyahu. We find Pinchas lived an extraordinarily long time. Pinchas is mentioned in the time of David Amalek still. He's still mentioned as, as, being, as being alive, apparently. He lived for hundreds of years. And he also had certain, he, he shared the, the, the character traits of zealousness with Elio. And there is an idea, the Chazal say, Pinchas Elio, and the Ralbag accepts this idea that the, they, share certain, uh, they share certain traits in common. That Pinchas was Elio. The, the, the Ralbag, we, we touched on this early in, early in Sefer Yeshua, it says that when the two spies went to Yericho, Sometimes it refers to, to them as a pair, and sometimes it says, Batitz Pano, she hid him. She hid one of the spies. Why one? The Midrash says, so we saw a different Pshatim. Some say it means that she hid them together as if they were one. So, but, but one of the Pshatim is, Rashi brings the Midrash, she only had to hide one spy, Kalev. The other spy, Pinchas, was like a Malach Elohim. He could turn invisible. He had Pinchas Elio. They had these, these, these supernatural abilities. They, they, they were beyond the ordinary laws of nature, and they, they, he didn't need to be hid. But, uh, but Elio, Pinchas, so the Rabbi says that it was all the same person. We find both of them had these nisim, both of them had these extraordinary, uh, extraordinary capabilities, and both of them shared this kanos, and therefore he says it makes sense that it was all one person to, to concentrate all the, these unusual things into one person. But the, so, so even though Chazal may never have said that Pinchas couldn't be a leader, the Rambam said it about Pinchas's alter ego, about Pinchas's other name, uh, Elio. Rambam says Elio couldn't be a leader because he was too strict. So, so that's really what this other Chacham said. And I, the other Chacham may have been the Kutzker. The Kutzker Rebbe said such a thing. He said that in, 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 in Parshas Pinchas, in, in the middle of the Parsha, it says that, that, that Moshe asked God, Moshe told HaKosh Baruch Hu, Yifko Delokim, Elokei Aruchos, Ishal Ha'eda, 
he asked Hashem, you, God, the, 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 the leader of all people, the, the, the master of all, of, all, of all humanity, please appoint a successor who will lead the people after I pass away. So the, so the, the Kotzker said, what's the connection between this story and Pashat Pilchas? So why is this right here instead of anywhere else in Tanakh? So the Kotzker said, up till the story of Pinchas, the episode where he, where he assassinated uh, Zimri and, uh, and Cosby, he thought Pinchas would be the next leader. He thought Pinchas was the most promising next leader. Once he saw he had this trait of Kanos, even though he was praised for it, and Hashem said, greasy shalom and all that, he said, but a leader he can't be. The leader of the people, someone who's so uncompromising and so strict, he just kills people who get it, who get it, even though Moshe himself killed many people at the Egel, and uh, Moshe himself killed when necessary. Somehow Moshe saw something in, in, in Pilchas' conduct, it was just too extreme, too inflexible, even though it was a great thing and it saved Kal Yisrael. This is the same idea of the Rambam, the same idea of this darshan at the time of the Briskarov, that Elio, despite being one of the most revered spiritual religious heroes that we have, there was, there, there was a certain strain of, uh, of a certain suggestion of criticism that maybe he went a little too far sometimes. Again, I don't know if anyone says this particular drought was going too far or not, but there, there was a certain, uh, a certain element of discomfort with some of Elio's conduct that we find in some of our, in some of our uh, commentaries. Sorry? Right, so I, I, one was identified as Kalev. I think there is a Midrash that says the other one was Elio. But, uh, yeah, I, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think the Psukim identify either, actually. I, I, Kalev? Okay, it, it could be. It, 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 it could be also, it could be what you're referring to. I'm not certain, but I, I have to check. But it could be, I would have to check. But it could be that later, maybe in Debrayamim, it says that Kalev was given uh, certain territory, and it says, something, it says something that references him as having been one of the spies. So maybe there, maybe, that, maybe I don't know if it's explicit or a midrash that, that, that connects Kalev with it. So it could be that's what you're referring to. It, it does say something about Kalev, which at least suggests he might have been one of the I'm not sure. I'd have to check up. But, but you're right, yeah. Neither one is explicitly identified. In Perak Bay, neither one is identified. It may be that elsewhere one of them is identified as Kalev, but there's a midrash that says the other one was Elio. So uh, one other thing about Elio and about his extremism so there's Ral Bag who, who takes the same approach also that, that, that Elio sometimes maybe got a little bit carried away uh, going to extremes. After the story that we mentioned before, after he makes the great demonstration on Hara Carmel, and everyone, uh, everyone finally, uh, finally sides with uh, Hashem and against the Baal, and they massacre all the Nevi'i HaBaal, and Elio has to run for his life because Yisevel has declared him uh, the number one most wanted man. So, it, so the story says, it's, it's also one of the Haftaris, I think, the story says Elio fled to a cave, and there he had a vision from God. He had a famous, very, very cryptic vision. In the vision, Hashem asked him, Malachapo Elio, Elio, what are you doing here? Elio says, Elio answers as follows. He says, says that Matishlach Ezebel Malach Elio Lamer Ezebel sent a message to Elio a warning by this time tomorrow I'm going to kill you like you killed in the Habal so he ran and he, and he ran to, uh, to a cave and he said he had a vision Hashem asked him Malach Elio what are you doing here Elio tell me your perspective why are you here what are you doing what do you want but Yomer Elio answered I have been zealous for the, for the honor of God, the Lord of hosts. They have abandoned your covenant in Israel. They have demolished your altars. 
they killed your, they put your prophets to the sword. I'm the only one left. Now they want to kill me. That's why I'm here. Ayo says, this is outrageous. Look what they've done. They've, they've done about Zara. They, they tore down all the altars. They killed all the Nevi'im. I'm the only one left. And Hashem told him, I have a vision for you. And he saw the following vision. He saw a mighty storm, a mighty wind, destroying mountains and breaking rocks. But God was not in the wind. And then, he saw a great earthquake. Hashem was not in the earthquake. And after the, the earthquake, he saw a fire. But Hashem was not in the fire. After these three visions, the, the mighty wind, the earthquake, the fire, God was not in any of those three things. Then, he heard a soft, a small, still voice. And then it says, Hashem subsequently asked Elio, same question, same question again, take two, what are you doing here, Elio? Elio answered, He gave the exact same answer, about 25 words, word for word, Nikud for Nikud, he gave the exact same answer. That Hashem asked him again, Malach, after this whole vision, exactly the same answer as before. Hashem told him, okay, go back, return to your journey, go, appoint Chazel, the king of Aram, and Yehu ben Nimshi, appoint Yehu ben Nimshi, make him the king over Israel. Elisha ben Shaphat, Elisha ben Shaphat was his uh, successor, make uh, Navi Elisha, Timshach le Navi, Taktecha, appoint him as, as your successor, and then, and so on. So, what was the dialogue here? Hashem said, Malach Elio, what are you doing here? He said, I'm furious, I'm outraged at the abominable behavior of the Jewish people. Hashem showed him a mysterious vision about a wind, lo baruach Hashem, a rash, lo barash Hashem, an eish, lo baish Hashem, and then a small, still voice called him Madaka. He asked him the same question again, Malach Elio. He gave the exact same answer, I am furious, I'm outraged at the behavior of the Jewish people. Hashem said, okay, go appoint Chazal, go appoint Yehu, and go appoint Elisha as your successor. So the Ralbag says, Ralbag says something incredible and powerful. He says, Hashem asked Elio, what are you doing here? What do you want? Elio says, I want vengeance, I want punishment, I want God to, I want you to stand up for your honor and to show people that, that they're wrong and that they can't, they, 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 that, that they're going to be chastised for what they've done. I want you to, justice, justice and vengeance, fire and blood, Elio called for. Hashem said, there's a Ruach Gadol, lo Ruach Hashem. There's a Rash, lo Rash Hashem. There's an Eish, lo Eish Hashem. Kol Zmamandaka. Hashem said, it's not the right time for, the, for, this type, for this type of conduct. It's a time for everything. We said before, in the Klal of the Tachacha, it says, the Atzaris HaShemayim below Yemater. Sometimes that's what God does. The Klalas are full of horrible, horrible things about the enemy and massacres and disease and, and all kinds of terrible, terrible things. We, we talk about them on Tisha B'av. That's not always what Hashem does. It's not, always, not, it's not always the right time for that. And this is not the right time for that kind of, for that kind of fire and brimstone. I think they're all bag says because the people wouldn't have listened. They were in the, Hashem only brings punishment if, if there's a chance it'll be effective and people will actually take it to heart and do tshuva. But in this case, it was so far gone, it wouldn't have been effective. Hashem said... That's not what I deem the right approach at this point. I understand, Elio, this is what you want, but I'm telling you this is wrong. This is not the right way to handle the people at this point. 
Then he had, called him a DACA. We need, we need, right now we need a, a less confrontational, a less, a more gentle approach. And then he asked him, Malachi Elio, now why are you here? Tell me, have, have, you, have you understood, have you assimilated this lesson? Elio was so angry, he says. Elio was just, again, such a, so inflexible, so intolerant of the evils of the people. He, the, the message went right past him. He just couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't absorb the message. He said... Exactly the same answer as before. I say, Kanoki Nesi, Lashem Yisrael. I'm furious, I'm outraged, I'm calling for uh, fire and brimstone. Hashem said, okay, if you're not prepared, if you can't accept this policy, go appoint Elisha. Your, your, your time is done, you're going to go up to Shemayim, you're a great, great man, but we need somebody else. So this, is, this is the policy Hashem says that I, that I say we need at this point. In my wisdom, this is what we need. If you can't do it, if you can't, if you can't absorb it, then we need somebody else. We need Elisha. So that's the same idea again as the Rambam that Elio, despite being one of the most, the greatest, most outstanding figures in in, in the history of uh, of the Jewish people, at at some point he was just, he was just so he, he was just his righteousness. He was just so uh, it was so clear to him what was right and what was wrong, and it was just so uh, it, it, it was just it, there, was, there was just no room for compromise. At some point, we do have these these, these some voices in Armasara that say. He was just a little bit too inflexible. At some point, there, there was a need for a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit more of a tolerant and flexible approach. Again, that, that doesn't mean we have to stand by and always tolerate sin. The, as we said, the Torah is full of tochacha and full of uh, warnings of terrible things. And, and Chiel was punished terribly for the Chiel was punished terribly. That wasn't Eliyahu was doing. That was just Hashem punished him for for flattering the curse of Yeshua. So that, we're not going to claim that Judaism doesn't believe in. In very, very horrific consequences for sin, sometimes, but but there are limits, and there are, and not always, and uh, and apparently, according to this, according to this idea of the Masorah, we, we do have this idea of the Rambam, the Ralbag, and uh, and some other sources that say that, uh, that there is such a thing as being too extreme, and that the and that uh, and that Elio, Elio, at some points in his career, may have may have gone a little further than Hashem thought was ideal, and that's why, according to the that's why, according to the Rambam, the Ralbag, that's why. He was he was taken away. Uh, some of the other points we raised today about uh, about whether Yericho's in the same place or not, and whether we're whether, what what the status of the Klala is today. We have a city of Yericho. Can we live there today? And, and so on. Questions about how the Klala applies applies uh, now in contemporary times. That's something which I would like to return to Bezras Hashem in the in the next year in our series.